if you have your Bible, I know I just let you be seated. I'm going to let you remain seated. But if you have your Bible, and turn with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to read a couple of verses of Scripture, and then I'm going to come back to it here in a minute, and I'm going to read another one. But 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to begin with verse 3. And I'm going to take a moment this evening, and I'm going to step away from the little study we've been doing about women in the Scripture. And I'm just going to minister what I feel like the Lord laid on my heart, if that will be all right with you. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. I, I want to talk about from this subject this evening, uncomfortable but comforted. Uncomfortable but comforted. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus, I love you. I'm asking in the next few moments, Lord, in this Wednesday night Bible study that you let the word of God connect with our hearts. And do the perfect work that you have desired for to do in this place tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, let the God of all comfort fill this house. And minister and move according to your abundant ability. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's a story about a man who was recently retired. Sitting on his front porch in Kentucky when his social security check was delivered to his mailbox. And he went down to the mailbox to get it, and as he did, he began to feel a little self-pity. And he began to think to himself, is this all that my life is going to be from now on? Just sitting on the porch, waiting for my check to arrive. To him, it was a discouraging thought. So he went inside, and he took a legal pad, and he began to write down, all the gifts and all the blessings and all the talents and everything that he had going for him. He listed them all, even the small things. For example, he included the fact that he was the only one in the world who knew his mother's secret recipe for fried chicken in which she used 11 different herbs and spices. That simple fact inspired him. He went down to the local restaurant, and he asked if he could get a job cooking their chicken. And on a flyer, they hired him. And pretty quickly, chicken became the most popular item on the menu. Eventually, he stepped out and opened his own restaurant in Kentucky. Then he opened a string of several restaurants, and eventually he sold the whole franchise, Kentucky Fried Chicken, to a national organization for millions of dollars. That old southern gentleman was known by the name of Colonel Sanders, and he continued to represent the company that he founded with his mother's recipe until the day he died. He was a social icon, a legend in his day, but it almost didn't happen because he almost allowed discouragement to steal his tomorrows. I wish I could stand before you tonight on a Wednesday night and tell you that life is always going to be a bed of roses. However, I know from experience that it isn't going to be that way. Amen. Even if everything is sunshine and smiles today, 
Somewhere over the horizon, there's a storm brewing that will endeavor to destroy your soul. I wish I could tell you that everything is always going to work out. That's one of my favorite sayings. It'll work out. Amen. I wish I could tell you that you're always going to come out on top. I wish I could tell you that nothing is ever going to go wrong. But I can't. Just as surely as I'm standing here right now, life is going to throw you a curveball. Amen. It's going to come from somewhere you didn't expect it. A circumstance that is beyond your control. Something that you never imagined. And all of a moment, all of a sudden, you're going to find yourself in a moment where it seems like there's no foundation under you. Those are the moments that are going to try your faith. They're the trials that dim your spirit. The struggles that sap you of your strength. I don't mean to be the herald of bad news today. And I didn't come in here on a Wednesday night to rain on everybody's parade. I just want you to know that even though I believe revival is imminent, even though I believe that victory is ours, there will be discouraging times ahead. But don't despair. I've got a word from the Lord tonight that will help carry you through those times. When life is tiring, when all of our struggles are are, are overwhelming us when the bills aren't paid, when the work is exhausting, when life is demanding, and when the future becomes unsure. It's easy in those circumstances to become discouraged. It's easy to sit back like Colonel Sanders and wonder what you're really living for. It's easy to become despondent and dejected and allow life to become unbearable. But I want you to know tonight that discouragement is a thief. It steals from you your vitality. It steals from you your zeal. It robs away from you your joy and your peace and your contentment. And if discouragement dwells long with you, it breeds hopelessness. And from hopelessness, it breeds despair and depression and doubt. And it can even lead to bitterness that poisons the rest of your life. If you will allow it, discouragement will steal all of your tomorrows from you. So let's talk for a moment tonight about discouragement. Discouragement is dissatisfaction with what is happening in your life. It normally stems from a genuine unrest because of some negative event that happened in life. It, it may start small. It may begin just with a general feeling of discomfort. But if it's allowed, if it's not dealt with, it will grow. And as it grows, it saps the joy from your life. Discouragement develops into a general distaste for the present. It, it develops into a distrust of the future. And it discounts all the blessings of yesterday. All of a sudden, all of your past blessings and every good thing that ever happened to you gets swallowed up in this bottomless pit of loathing and self-pity called discouragement. It robs the joy from your testimony. Past victories lose their vibrancy as if all of our yesterdays become consumed with the despair of today. Discouragement doesn't just discount the blessings of yesterday. It shows indifference to the opportunities of today. 
It ignores the fact that God's presence is in this house on a Wednesday night and sweet relief uh, and, and up uplifting and encouragement uh, is just a prayer away. Uh, amen. It ignores the possibility that things could get better in a moment. There's something about discouragement that refuses to recognize the possibility of blessing. Discouragement spoils yesterday. It poisons today, and it becomes consumed with insecurities about tomorrow. Discouragement causes us to feel cut off, to feel as if we've been forsaken. It fosters an unawareness of the presence of God and an unbelief in the promises of God. And I want you to be aware tonight that the spirit of discouragement is an enemy of your soul. It lurks in the bad times. It hides itself in the shadows of the storms. And all it needs uh, is a moment of self-pity to inflict itself upon your spirit. But I come to you this evening with a message of hope and peace. I want you to know that even when you're uncomfortable, you have a comforter. Even when things are not going your way, there's one that stands beside you. When discouragement tries to rear its ugly head, I want you to know that you have an encourager even in the trials and troubles and tribulations of this life. Our text is taken from the first chapter of 2 Corinthians, but I want to skip down a few verses because the context for our text appears in verse 8. And I want you to understand what the circumstances were in which Paul wrote the words of encouragement that I'm preaching from tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8 says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. I'm going to read that same verse from the Amplified Version of the Bible. It says this, For we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about the affliction and oppressing distress which befell us, how we were so utterly and unbearably weighed down and crushed. The ESV, the English Standard Version, renders it this way. says, We were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. The Adam Clark commentary tells us that the original Greek in that, that sentence, uh, that verse, verse 8, is exceedingly emphatic. It says something to the effect that we were weighed down beyond what was possible, beyond what was credible, even beyond what any natural strength could support. I, I want you to understand that the author of our text had just been through some incredible circumstance, some affliction or oppressing distress that burdened him beyond his strength. As much as I wish I could say otherwise, I come to tell you tonight that those times are going to come to us all. Amen. Life is going to bear down on you. Pressures are going to come. Trouble is going to come. Trial is going to come. But in that moment, I want you to remember the words of the Apostle Paul. He went on to write in verse 9, reading from the ESV, But that was to make us rely, not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. 
seemed like we received a sentence of death, but that was just to cause us to rely on God who has the power to raise the dead. And then verse 10, he goes on and says, He delivered us from such deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. Uh, he delivered us, Paul said, uh, but he didn't stop there. He goes on to proclaim, uh, He will do it again like he's done it before. He brought me through that trial. Uh, he brought me through that circumstance. Uh, he brought me through that situation. Uh, and I have no doubt uh, that he's going to bring me through the next one. Uh, I have no doubt uh, that he's going to deliver me from my next day of calamity. See, discouragement tries to discount what God has done and tell you what he will not do. Oh, but I'm talking about a faith that remembers. My God, he is my deliverer. Amen. He met me in my trouble. He lifted me out of a miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. And if he'd done it before, he'll do it again. Amen. Verse 10 ends this way in the English Standard Version. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. I want you to know tonight that there may be some storms brewing over your horizon. There may be some problems, troubles, trials. I understand the pressures of life. But the same God that is here tonight, the same God that has carried you this far, the same God that has delivered you over and over and over again, that's the same God that's going to carry you through these storms as well. I want you to be encouraged tonight that whatever this life may bring you, your God is more than enough to carry you through. Whatever may befall you, whatever you may face, whatever obstacle may land in your path, whatever sickness may enter your body, whatever failure may obscure your successes, you must always know that the one who has delivered you before will deliver you again. I'm going to make my wife happy. I want to read that whole passage from the message. It says, we don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on us in Asia. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we'd been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened because instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get us out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. And that's not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. And he did it. Rescued us from certain doom. And he'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. I want you to know in this house on a Wednesday night, you can always turn to God. Amen. You can always find strength. When you can't find strength anywhere else, you can find it in his presence. When you can't find anything else to encourage yourself, the scripture said David encouraged himself in the Lord. 
not in his circumstance, not in his situation, not in his own physical ability, not in his own stature or stamina, but he encouraged himself in the Lord. Discouragement will always try to rob you of that awareness that you can turn to God. But I want you to know in this house on a Wednesday night that he is your deliverer. He is your rescuer. And he always will be. No matter where this life takes you, no matter what it takes from you, no matter what it does to you, understand your hope will always be in him. He's the answer to every problem. He's a sure and solid anchor for your faith, your hopes, your dreams. Everything rests in him. Trust him with all of your heart, and you'll find that he is always faithful. So this evening, I want to just take a moment and tell the church, be encouraged. No matter what's going on, be encouraged. No matter what circumstances, be I understand life is overwhelming. Guess what? When you get on the other side of this, you're going to look back, first of all, and say, wow, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And secondly, there's something else waiting in your tomorrow that's going to be just as bad as what you just went through. Amen. But in through it all, one thing's never going to change. He is your strength. He is your deliverer. He is your way maker. He is your provider. He's the one that opens a door that no man can open. He's the one that makes springs spring up in dry and barren places. Uh, he is your God. And He is your deliverer. Paul says in our text, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. I want you to understand, first of all tonight, that God is the Father of mercies. The original Greek word means compassion or pity or mercy, but it is distinctly something that is felt in the heart. I want you to know that in God's very heart, He feels mercy towards you. I want you to know that God is not eager to condemn you when you make a mistake. Discouragement is going to try to tell you that you've messed up. You've gone too far. There's no sense in trying anymore. But I want to go on record tonight telling you that my God is the Father of all mercy. Amen. And when you find yourself on that dark day that failure tries to extinguish the light of hope in your heart, I want to stir you to remember He is a merciful God. Psalm 86 and 5 says, the, the psalm is speaking to the Lord. You are forgiving and good, O Lord. I'm reading from an English Standard Version. I'm sorry. <laughs> you are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call to you. What you're reading on the screen says, For Lord, thou, O Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon you. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. But your failure doesn't have to be final. Remember this. God's nature is to be merciful to you. No matter where you find yourself, 
no matter how long you how low you may fall or, or or how bad the situation may be i want you to remember that he is a forgiving god he is good uh, and abounds in love uh, to all who call on him amen paul goes on to describe in the latter half of verse 3 2 corinthians 1 and 3 the, the last portion of the verse says and the god of all comfort verse 4 continues who comforteth us in all our tribulation furthermore i want you to know tonight that he is the god of all comfort the word comfort means exhortation or or encouragement or a helper in fact that that same greek word is used in john chapter 14 and verse 26 to describe the holy ghost Jesus said in John 14 and 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, that's the same comfort. Amen. He's the God of all comfort. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. I want you to understand tonight that he's not just a God of all comfort, but that he has put a comforter inside of you. Amen. He's put a comforter in your life. Uh, when when dark clouds cover your blue skies uh, and trouble presses in on every side uh, in your day of despair I want you to remember that even when you are uncomfortable you have a comforter inside of you your comfort comes from God uh, and it springs up uh, from the Holy Ghost uh, that is within you your comfort in those trying times is going to come from some pill or psychotherapy or seven-step self-help program. Your comfort in those times is going to come from the Holy Ghost that is within you. God is going to overflow His goodness and His mercy and His strength in your life. It's like a river of living water flowing out of you. Amen. When there are no easy answers to life, I want you to know you're not alone in the fight. God has given you a comforter that will be with you through trial and tribulation. That's why it matters so much that you stay built up in the Holy Ghost, that you keep it fresh in your life. That's why it matters so much that you keep the Spirit of God stirred up, that you pray until you're speaking in tongues, not just on Sunday and not just on Wednesday, but every day of the week that you keep it fresh uh, because that's the wellspring of your comfort. In that moment when life overcomes you and some trial or tribulation overtakes you by surprise, when there's no time to call out, there's no time to phone the prayer hotline, there's no time to do anything else, the Holy Ghost that is alive and well inside is your comforter. He'll spring up. He'll step up and he will comfort you no matter what's going on in your life. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to lift you up. You have a comforter even in uncomfortable times. The rest of verse 4 says that we may be able to comfort them where you're in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Finally, I, wanna, I want you not just to be encouraged tonight in the fact that you have a comforter, but I want you to be encouraged in the fact that God has a plan for your life. 
you should be encouraged because what the scripture says doesn't just say that God will comfort you in your hardship. It says that he has a plan in your hardship to equip you to comfort others. I can tell you that the trouble and trial that comes in your life is not the product of random chance or circumstance. My Bible says he guides the footsteps of the righteous man. He orders our ways. He directs our paths. Time and circumstance happen to every man, but I can tell you that in, when it comes to the will of God, amen, he knows what you're going to go through. He knows what you're going to encounter. He knows what's going to crop up in your life, and he's already made a way for you to come through it. God has a plan for you, and everything that you encounter is specifically prepared to equip you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. You're going to go through some uncomfortable times, but in those times, you're going to discover the comfort that flows through the Holy Ghost in your life. Then somewhere along the course of this life, God is going to bring you alongside someone else who is struggling with some trial that you've already walked through, and you're going to be able to comfort them just as you have been comforted by God. Someone that doesn't know God is going to find themselves in a situation where life overwhelms them. And in that moment, you're going to find an open door through which to share the abundance of God's comfort that you have known in your life. You see, God does not comfort you to make you comfortable. He comforts you to make you a vessel he can flow through. He comforts you to make you a comforter. Lighthouses are built by shipwrecked sailors. Roads are widened and turns are straightened out by mangled motorists. And hospitals are built by those who are sick. I want you to know that God has a purpose for your life. Even in the valleys that you walk through, even in the trouble and trial that overtakes you, you can take comfort from the fact that he's molding you and he's forming you for a specific purpose. Through your trials and troubles, the Father of all mercy is positioning you in such a way that his mercy can flow through your life and touch somebody else. Encouragement is something that belongs to you as a child of God. You, you may walk through some uncomfortable times, but you don't have to live in a world of hurt and doubt. You don't have to face your storms alone. You don't have to weep in solitude. You have the promise of a comforter. You won't ever face the valleys alone. You won't ever struggle through the storms by yourself. The God of all comfort will be right there with you. The Holy Ghost inside of you will strengthen and encourage you. And in those especially trying times, when your faith ebbs low and your strength is nearly gone, you'll find that there's a brother or a sister that can come alongside you and provide some comfort from their own experience. I want you to know you can make it. You can do it. You have the God of encouragement waiting to show you his mercy and his love. I want you to know that when the going gets rough, you can trust in the Lord. He has brought you through before, and he's going to bring you through again. If you find yourself this evening in a difficult place, 
Perhaps you've been battling discouragement in your life. I want to remind you of the wisdom of Proverbs. Lean not unto your own understanding, but trust in the Lord. All of his ways are good. Everything he does, he does well. Everything he does is good. Trust him. Remember his blessings. Comfort yourself in the fact that he will always be there with you. It was advertised one day that the devil was going to put all of his tools up for sale. And on the day of the sale, the tools were placed up for public inspection, each being marked with its sale price. They were a treacherous lot of implements, hatred and envy, jealousy and doubt, lying and pride and lust, and on and on and on. But laid apart from the rest of the pile was a harmless-looking tool, well-worn and priced very high. One of the prospective buyers asked the accuser of the brethren, what's the name of this tool? And the adversary answered with a gleam in his eyes and a sinister quality in his voice. Oh, that one. That's discouragement. Why do you have such a high price on that tool? Because it's more useful to me than all the others. I can pry open and get inside of a person's heart with that one when I can't get through to them with any other tool I have. And once discouragement gets into the heart, I can wreak havoc in a believer's life. It's badly worn because I use it on almost everyone. It is the greatest tool that I possess. My friend, you can mark my words. Sooner or later, the devil's going to try to destroy your walk with God using his favorite tool. With discouragement, he will attempt to steal your tomorrows and rob you of your joy. But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, would you stand with me? Come unto me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I feel the Holy Ghost pressing in on this place. I'm speaking to some folks that are laboring. I'm speaking to some folks that are heavy laden. I'm speaking to some folks that are weary and burdened. Amen. And I want you to know the comforter is in this house. He said this, come unto me and I will give you rest. I will give you the absolute truth of the matter. If you leave this house tonight without finding rest for your tired soul, it's going to be because you didn't come to him. Because he's here. And he's extending the invitation. Brother Ryan, if you don't mind to get the music. I just think it'd be good to have a time season of prayer. Come unto me, he said. Come unto me. I hear the call echoing through this house on a Wednesday night. Come unto me. 
come unto I wonder if you'd step out of your pew if you go find a place in an altar would you come unto him on a Wednesday night would you turn your heart towards heaven uh, and would you tell him Lord I need your rest uh, I need your comfort uh, I need the peace that comes from the Holy Ghost uh, amen I need you Lord uh, to minister to my life and to my soul amen come unto me all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest.